Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. Uh, it's episode 103, and today is... No guest. Ask, no guest. No guest. <laughs> it's ask, Punish Dave. <laughs> punish Dave with questions. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ask Dave all kinds of questions. I saw that there was a recipe question just, just very early on. A recipe question? Or your recipe question. Like for food? For food, yeah. They, uh, uh, Dave, what's the recipe for a black chicken? Thanks in advance. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who said that? Rinny owns. Do you know them? I don't know. Okay. You know, the the funny thing, black chicken. So there's a restaurant in Detroit um, uh, called uh, Flowers of Vietnam. So it's like a Vietnamese but highly idealized thing. Right. Uh, and I remember sitting there. Maybe this is from one of our shows or something. I remember sitting there. Uh, I had dinner there with Jakey Lee. And I remember sitting there, and he's sitting across from me, and he's looking next to him. At, at, there's a table next to us. And he's, and he's looking, looking down at the plate of the person. And it's this black chicken. It's literally black. Blackened chicken, yeah. Not blackened. Just black. The meat is black. Oh, so it's this rare breed of chicken that is raised by monks. I'm not making this up. <laughs> okay. And um, it's, I forgot the whole story. So, but it 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 literally is the meat looks almost purple black. Wow, and it's uh, like done vietnamese style so so there is a story i don't know how to make it but or where to get it or what even the damn chicken's called but there what was the go. name of the restaurant though uh the restaurant's called flowers of vietnam well look that that's amazing up. restaurant in detroit it's like all the normal vietnamese flavors but um you know more modern hip cool highly idealized you know great 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 restaurant that's awesome interesting interesting story so there's a story about black chicken <laughs> black chicken <yeah. laughs> but the look the look on his face because when you see it oh and there's a claw on the end of it they don't oh. take the claw off so <laughs> when you see it on the plate and jake's just looking over at it and he's going looks at me he's like what what's that <laughs> like, a, like a vulture we actually got it but <laughs> oh they did was it good yeah yeah it's really it's like super tender it's almost like um it's probably like dark meat, you know, like dark uh, chicken meat. Yeah, well, it's it's just really ten. It's really tender chicken. It tastes like chicken. Yeah, it's like chicken. <laughs> really tender chicken. But it was done really nice with a great sauce and everything. So nice. Yeah, he said that was the best restaurant he'd been to in twenty years. <laughs> wow. He needs to get out more. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it truly is maybe oh, that really? good. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, we've got a question here. Jumping right in. We're going to punish you, punish you with questions. Um, love to hear your take on tune stability and why my guitars go out of tune after big bends and what can be done. I guess it depends on what kind of guitar you're playing and what kind of bridge. That's what I, I was going to say. So hard to know without more information, but, uh, you know, I've been, I've done some, you know, guitar teching on the road for artists and things. And, and the key is really really stretching the living hell out of your strings. Uh, 
Yeah, some say you can stretch it to they don't sound good anymore. <laughs> well, believe me, the tuning is better than that. <laughs> you know, like it's more important. So, I mean, when I when I mean stretch, I don't mean just give it a little tug. I mean, it's kind of yanking on the string, going all up and down the whole string, pulling with your hands. It hurts your hands. Pulling with your hands. Um, and then tuning... And then pulling the string if again, like with your, your pulling and then checking the tuning hand, again, checking the tuning again, and over and over and over again until it's like until you have very little staying. Yeah. But you know, if it's a Les Paul, Les Pauls have problems with G strings. Uh, uh, you know, a Floyd Rose it shouldn't go out of tune as long as you clamped everything down nice and tight. Um, and you and you do. I learned from Eddie Van Halen. You got to, you do have to clamp it down pretty tight, because he had the strongest hands, and I, I I would watch him literally bend it out of tune. It it literally wasn't tight enough down. Mm-hmm. He would literally bend it out of tune. <laughs> it would slip somehow through the nut. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah crazy uh and so he clarified he says he, he wants extra on the pegs which is that's no, no not extra on the pegs no you want about three uh, well again what kind of guitar right i was going to say like on my fender style like i have a telly and i wound it about three times around three three times. times okay three times is standard if if it's a Les paul style guitar you should do kind of the string lock kind of method which I know a lot of people don't do. Um, you, t- you tuck that string under. Yeah, and yeah. then it winds it over it, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, and r- ideally, three winds. On the wound strings, three winds. You can go maybe a l- tiny bit more on the on the thinner strings, but generally speaking, three winds, at least. Unless you have locking tuners. Locking tuners always help on any guitar. Be it a Les Paul, a Strat, whatever. Locking tuners are the great, greatest thing. Then yeah. you have no winds. Right. That's true. You, you pull it through tight, clamp it down tight, wind, and it's like you get like a half a wind on it or something, roughly. Now, I saw uh, Tom Bukovac did a video recently where he was talking about if you don't get enough wind on like, you know, on a telly or some of these, you know, more vintage style instruments, you can, it can start, start to sound plinky. Well, that that's uh, so that's sort of the downward pressure on the nut. So if if you think if you're winding down, right? So the string gets lower mm-hmm. as you put the winds on it, which increases the pressure across the nut. Gotcha. So depends on what you want to do. Right, right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from Jose Benito Martinez Jr. I, I really like that name. It, it rolls off the tongue. Like I, it was just like, boom, I just said it. Uh, my question for Dave as a teenager, did he listen to big eight CL CKLW? I don't even know what that is. I so guess no. <laughs> well, it's probably a radio station. And was it a radio station? Did it try it? Not that I know of. Hmm. Nope. Uh, sorry. Leon Barron, does Dave have any recommendations on how to rub, run reverb and delay in chorus in parallel, fully wet, small footprint? Uh, so like on a pedal board, you're saying, essentially. Yeah. Fully wet. Um, 
but in parallel. Well, I mean, you, you need some mixer of some sort uh, if you're going to do that. So uh, the one that comes to mind, Musicom Labs makes one called the Paralyzer. Um, Parallelizer? I think that's what it is, not Paralyzer. Uh, that, that one works really, really well, and you can also switch the effects on and off with it. Um, and you can turn your dry off on it. So, and then you just have to have your effects have to be hundred percent wet. Then. Awesome. That'll work. By the way, uh, everybody who's watching right now, please hit subscribe and hit the bell. So you get the notifications, uh, and also check out Sweetwater, check out the link that we provide. They're an affiliate or we're an affiliate with them, uh, for, uh, for their products so check out the the link that we have and you basically anything you buy gives um, a little kickback to us and helps the channel and pays for the podcast and little other things that we have expenses for the show and we appreciate it um dan pfeiffer how you doing man hello from rainy minnesota hanging out in my studio playing guitar all day looking forward to today's chat hey mark at tone talk hey thanks man thanks man we've got um some super chats. So I want to get to them as well. Enrico Ruitalo, what would pair better with an ecstasy G12 EVH or G12 55 Hertz trying to brighten up the amp without a V30? Um, I don't necessarily think that either one of those speakers is brighter than each other. Uh, that you mentioned, uh, although I don't have a lot of experience with the G12H55, at least not new ones. Um, I, I finished thirty. <laughs> <laughs> how about or how about a, a, a? I mean, here's the thing: the Bogner is is kind of a dark amp, uh, and but remember, there is brightness there. It's just. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the treble pots are audio taper pots. And so everything would be in the upper quarter. Uh, you know, everything that you have would be in the, you know, like past seven is really when the treble starts kicking in, where a linear taper pot would start to kick in more at five. You have to get that up to seven, seven and a half before it gets the same as it would be if it was at five. So, um, there is there is stuff there, but I mean, yeah, I mean you can try even. I mean, I generally don't recommend it, but might work. A seventy-five watt Celestion, even sixty-five watt Celestion, um, or the Vintage Thirty. I mean, that'll give you plenty of sizzle and stuff. What do you think of the Alnico Cream? You know, everyone seems to love that. Um. I think it's a good speaker. I don't know if it's my favorite. I I, I don't think that's going to give you the brightness that you're talking either. Mm -hmm. I just threw it it's in expensive. a expensive. It is expensive. Yeah, I bought one um, to put in match with a V30. Yeah, my Mesa cab. And what do you think? I, it's hard for me to tell the difference. I wanted to. I mean, it's it's not as bright as the V30. No. Um, but I liked it. I mean, I like how it sounds. It seems yeah. to blend well with the V30. That's, I mean, I, I'm, you know, 
it's hard to tell unless it, you know, unless you really compare them separately. Yeah. It's like almost comparing speakers. It's almost best to compare them in one twelve cabinets, like identical one twelve cabinets next to each other. And then you're just kind of listening to the speaker. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Jordan Brooks, Dave and Mark, what are your thoughts when it comes to active pickups versus hot versus vintage style? Also considerations on how they interact specifically with Friedman amps. Less is more, it seems sometimes. Um, hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of active pickups of those. Uh, some of the fluence, the Fishman fluence ones. I hear those are great. Are, are sort of a, they're a little different than active pickup. I mean, technically they're kind of an active pickup, but they're also kind of a completely different how they're done, wound and everything. Um, they're pretty good. Um, I like them in some respects. Uh, generally speaking, I like kind of more of a kind of hot rotted PAFE sort of thing. Um, meaning not really vintage, like a Motor City second degree black belt. I love, I, I think that's a great percussive thing. That's Sounds like a 9K, great. like a 9K, right? Uh, it's a little less than nine K, but it, it's it's a little more rock than mm. than like a more vintage wind. Mm. Um, but I am a fan still of like you know an old JB even. Uh, which which is you know a sixteen K a sixteen K pickup. Um, they all have their place. I mean, I think they all have their sound. I I I, I tend to think with the Friedman amps, I kind of like the lower wines a little bit better. Because you don't really need that much push. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of gain. It depends on the kind of sound of music, you know, the kind of music you're doing. Anything can work. I mean, like, you know, even an EMG for certain people works perfect. You know, you, you just got to try and figure out what you like the best. Right. It depends on, you know, the amp you're playing out of also. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I prefer passive pickups i don't like active pickups although i did play uh a nice active pickup it was an emg i think it was called a super 70 Mm -hmm. and it was more of like a vintage style like paf sounding active pickup and it sounded really nice i actually liked how it sounded um but at that point why don't you just get a passive pickup (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, you know, there's one good thing about, like, say, EMGs is they're dead silent. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no uh, field hum, hmm. which is which is super cool. Um, it's just a matter of preference. Yeah, there you have it. But with Friedman amps, I agree. I'd probably go more vintage style. Um, James Maxwell, I'm working so I can't be here live. I do want to say I bought my third NoHo last week. Wow. That's wow, awesome. great. Flame Top Goto Bridge. These oh, yeah. One of, the new, one of the newer ones we did with Goto Bridges. Yep. Those are cool. Are you, putting the, are you putting the Wilkinson locking saddles on there or no? Nope, not yet. Oh, you need to do that. I, I mean, I bought some for myself, and I can't seem to put them on my own guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on mine, my GNL. They they work. You, you know, the, the problem is I never have time to sit down and do this stuff for myself. Yeah, I get it. It's like I almost hear, here, you do it. <laughs> Someone else right, do you it. You got to get somebody else to do it. Yeah. Uh, 
Combustion thoughts on the box of doom isolation cap. I don't like any isolation cabs. It they okay. I haven't listened to that one like in person, so let's let's preface that. But generally speaking, it's impossible. It's it's just impossible to get uh, the speaker to sound right in an enclosed cabinet of any kind in any small space. Even if you take a cabinet and put it in a ISO case, it doesn't sound good. You're better off getting a captor and and using some of the great IRs or or a uh, Sur reactive load or an AUX. Mm. You'll get better results. Yep. Well, that's what uh, Phil X is doing now, right? Yeah. No more ISO box for him, it seems like. Um, Frankie Boy, thanks for the super chat. Uh, Dave, rumor has it uh, you had your hands in Adam Jones Marshall Super Bass lead. If true, could you recommend one of your amps that's close to Adam's? Currently, I don't make anything that was like Adam's. Uh, Adam's was kind of a uh, bastardized Super Bass. So it, um, I, wa- I was in it a long time ago. Um, it was more of a lead. It was kind of a halfway between lead and base spec. So it was uh, it was more of a lead spec. So uh, a bit, a little fatter, and uh, I mean it's it, it's it, it was a JMP Marshall. It wasn't you know anything's that special, but it did sound really good. So uh, cool. there's nothing. I mean, like a BE Deluxe would, you, you know, you could you could coax, like if you had the amps back-to-back, you could probably coax that sound out of it, sure. Um, but it's really like a stock, turn it up loud, super lead. Okay. Uh, James Maxwell. I bought the Free the Tone Delay Polaris Reverb. They are both winners. Now, what is your recommendation for chorus flangers? <laughs> oh, boy. This um, is where we, we need a reverb link. <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, I mean, it depends on what you want to do exactly and how versatile you want it. Um, and what sort of flange and chorus are you really talking um, because if you're talking just a chorus pedal and a flange pedal, and uh, you know, if you do you want it more like an ADA flanger, do you want it more like a um, uh, you know, a typical MXR flanger, or do you want it more like a boss flanger? <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of um, variation variations of that and yeah. same thing goes with chorus i gotta say for an all-in-one box that does a ton of stuff the the the, M, the boss md 500 is awesome hmm. i mean it's it's like the dd 500 but you know with all the modulation stuff so but it also does trems and univibes and you got it and and you know the ce2 chorus which was a great chorus you know from the past c1 sounds um it's midi so you can switch you know that's a great one. I mean, I, I, I have that one on my board that I'm half built. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't seem to finish. Oh, man. One day. Well, it's almost finished. 
(laughs) (laughs) Music therapy labs. Hey, uh, Dave and Mark and the legend BV Ninja. I want to thank BV Ninja for moderating our, our show and being a great guy. Appreciate it. Um, Guitar Jim, what do you think about Fender hand-wired versus PCB amp sound-wise? Is it worth twice the price or a ripoff? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the the, the hand-wiring isn't what's going to give you the sound. So just because it's hand-wired doesn't mean much of anything. Um, what's going to give you the sound is the, are the parts different? Are, are the transformers used or the, or the parts that they're actually using in the amplifier different? Uh, you know, I've never, I don't know enough about the newer Fender hand-wired stuff to tell you if, you know, what the parts difference are from say the PC board version of the same amp. Mm -hmm. So I, can't really tell you but what's going to make the difference is the parts and the transformers not the fact that it's pc board or hand wired i can tell you that okay i haven't tried them so i I can't say uh fret level midnight can we get a friedman and eggnator collab amp called the fried egg please thanks (laughs) (laughs) that would be good (laughs) <laughs> would be I should make one at least <laughs> the fried egg that's great I do like that <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome that is that, that would be funny if Bruce is watching call Dave <laughs> yeah we should at least make one that's funny you know uh, I keep ta- I keep I keep talking about um wanting to do it never goes anywhere, but I keep talking to Bruce about wanting to do a collaborative amp class. Right. Um, so his same amp class, but like say with a different design, um, a different circuit design. And that could be the fried egg. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. That's cool. Get, get a uh, limited edition fried egg. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to come take the class. <laughs> you got to take the class. Exactly. That's a good incentive. I like it. Uh, fret level midnight. Oh, I, we already, Oh, he paid for that too. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Uh, is Dave familiar with the revived Western electric tube company making 300 B's in Roswell, Georgia? They say they'll be expanding to other power tubes. No, I'm not. Are they really made in Georgia, though? That's that's what I would be questioning. But maybe they are. That's great if they are, if they can. There was a company back like four years ago, Nam. Yeah, that were handing out flyers and saying that they were they were building the next Blackburn tube. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And never went anywhere. Nope. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's got, it's you not, not, well, well, you know, supposedly um, you could make tubes in a more modern way. You know, with CNCs and, and different kind of compu- computer uh, 
computer um, run robot robotics. You can make tubes in a different way and probably in a better way. But the question is, you know, how much money has to be invested in that and how much of a market is there for those tubes? Now, there is a market in the guitar amp field, but to sustain a factory and to put the kind of money into that, uh, it's, it's... you got to have a return. And then, so, and then so you make this new these new tubes. Everyone's not going to use them. There's still going to be these other tubes. And and then so it's not like the whole tube, you know, it's not like all the other tubes cease to exist. So they have to prove that their tube is better. And anything made in the USA is going to be more expensive. I guarantee it. Uh, it's going to be through the roof. Mm. I mean, I it just... I, you know, I always have this argument with people, it, you know, so, so yes, bring, bring production and bring everything to the U S and, and start making products here again. And, and this and that I'm like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. So your toaster is $400 now. Mm, if that. Maybe more. <laughs> you know, it's four hundred dollars now. That's what that's what the cost is. Oh no, I can't pay that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to pay eighty dollars for my toaster. Uh, you can't have both. <laughs> or, or or everyone has to, you know, or everything has to come down in price. You know, cost of living. Right. Uh, everyone's wage and everything has to go, you know, yeah, it's like it, a complete it reset, work. a complete reset, complete reset. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, <laughs> you know, so I, you know, well, Cats you know, out of the bag $15 in minimum wage and you got to do this and you got to do that. And okay. Well, guess what? It's not going to be made here. I wish it was the case. I mean, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not against, us making and manufacturing again here in the USA be a primary uh, source of occupations, but it's just impossible to happen. Unfortunately, it's it's just not going to happen. You know, yeah. e- even your American-made car, uh, quote American-made car. How much of that car is subassemblies from China? All the computer stuff is. Mm. Maybe the metal's not. Uh, maybe, <laughs> you know. May, you know. Maybe maybe it is. Um, it might be assembled here, but it's all it's all subassemblies stuff. Your car interior—they're not making that here. Yeah, it's your crazy. door panels aren't made here. Yeah, it's just, it's it's no. It's really your American car is pretty much a foreign car they're just basically doing final assembly here yeah they're doing yeah assembly of all the parts and pieces yeah and then some things are made you know bumper you know certain things bumper factory or this or that and you know maybe glass maybe maybe Maybe. (laughs) oh man it's crazy maybe Uh, not al s Howdy, Dave. What frequencies is the tight knob on the Buxom Boost cutting? Amazing pedal, by the way. Ama- awesome in front, 
of a revival drive and re- revival drive hot rod. Well, it's a it's a it's a high pass filter, so as you turn it up, it's moving further up the frequency spectrum. So, so in other words, it's lopping everything off, and it, it keeps moving up. <laughs> so, as the tighter you get it, it's a great pedal. Oh yeah, that's a, the greatest boost pedal ever. I mean, I, I really think it works really well. It's amazing to take, you know, like I, I always say, like on my Dirty Shirley amp, so you have this kind of more vintage fat sounding uh, amp, and if you put that into it, you can make it, you know, be like tight metal sounding, mm-hmm. but with a really cool feel because of, of the squishiness of the, the Shirley. It's really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's a good question. Adam Stewart, thanks for this super chat. Have you seen any new amps made over the past approximately 10 years that made you think, dang, I wish I had made that? If so, which amps? Hmm. I mean, not 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 so much in how they're constructed or, so, or something like that, but um, not really. I mean, no. I mean, um, more things like, wow, I wish I would have bought that name. Like Mitch Colby, when we had him on, Mm. Uh, he got the park name and I go, wow, that, that was cool to get, <laughs> you know, right. Or the sound city name. That was cool to get from Fryette. Um, just like interesting things like that. I mean, I, you know, at, at, at some point, you know, everyone's take, there's nothing new really. It's just a different recipe, uh, for sound. And, um, and you know different kind of construction but we all kind of do similar things yeah i mean i'd say the the newest innovation that synergy maybe yeah synergy is i don't know yep synergy is fantastic um and then i was thinking like the the built-in ir stuff yeah. that they have on some of these amps now yeah. you know so like the sir pt amps are cool or the pt 15 yep um and um and then rev right yeah so uh i i think those are cool amps and then the soldano i i still have to get one um dave love you love your amps the be is definitely the sound i hear in my head peace guys yeah cool man very cool thanks ronan lone wolf for the super chat um I know there's more. L. Scott Music. Happy Saturday, Dave and Mark. I think Mad Muse Studios in L.A., 14th Street, needs a Friedman amp. They have a mess of Marshalls and everything else. Hmm. A lot of people need Friedman amps right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, you know, we're just getting back up and running now, so. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so I saw some post your desk was actually being moved in the uh yeah 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 i'm 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 in the new facility uh as far as my tech room and area um they're starting to build there now they've been tolexing there since they first moved in um you know they're still moving stuff you know it's a big I mean, man, you think moving a house is bad? Try moving f- you know, fifty thousand square feet of stuff. 
packed to the ceiling, you know, 50,000 square feet. Oh God. That's crazy. (laughs) So it's still in process of moving everything or you're finally moved in. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, we're, we're not fully moved in. We're we're, still, we're halfway moved in. Wow. They're still bringing stuff every single day. Still trucks after trucks of trucks of stuff coming. So awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that everything's getting back on track. You know, maybe I think we'll be fully done by the end of this month. That's good to hear. Um, there's a lot of amps sitting there tested waiting for uh Tolex, right? Head shells and stuff. Hmm. Which uh, have been cut and they're starting to Tolex them, so it's you'll start the orders will start leaving, which will be good because we have a lot of back orders. <laughs> Oh, well, you'll have a lot of happy people once they start getting their stuff. Absolutely. Chris Rapier, um, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Mark and Dave, do you guys have any experience with Mesa RL in their powerhouse attenuator and how it compares to the Fryette and Sir RLs? Um, Reactive I don't world. know exactly, but I'm assuming from what I have seen in what they wound up putting in... Um, that latest rectifier uh it's essentially a two notes load so uh essentially what you're getting is um you know like it it is the actual two notes um um ir board Hmm. and because the original one sucked the cab clone yeah yeah it is it is the ir board from the, the two notes and and i'm pretty sure it's the reactive load um also uh, how does it compare? The Fryat and the Sur uh, have actually a, tr- a true impedance curve. The two notes has more of a slightly U-shaped impedance curve, although it's still good. Um, it's safe. Um, so, I mean, as an attenuator, if you're just talking attenuator, the Fryat uh, is the only attenuator you've, you've listed there. And as an attenuator, the Fryat is far superior. I mean, because just the way they do it, they load down the amp and then reamp and essentially back up again uh, with mm. the power amp. And if you need an attenuator, that's the greatest thing. Mm. Yeah, the Fryat's great. Yeah. And I love that he's got the second channel boost. Yeah, super cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you can turn the effects on and off. And, yep. And- great warren parker uh hey guys love the show dave is there a particular cap in the jtm 45 that can be changed to tame the flubby bass and give the bass control more range or is there more way to is there a way more to uh to it than that thanks no i mean that's basically the sort of the difference between us well that's sort of the difference between a super lead spec and a jtm 45 spec so there's there's two things contributing to that. The um, the first coupling cap on the bright channel that goes into the volume control for the bright channel, you could reduce that to, it's right now it's a 0.022 UF cap. You could reduce it to a 0.0022, which is like a super lead spec. And it will reduce some of the flubby bass. Um, the other thing that makes it that way also is the first cathode resistor and cap. Uh, 
um, it's kind of a big fat one. You could do something with that also, but the first thing to try would be just to shrink the the one cap. You could even go lower. You could even go like 0 0.001 if you're going to keep the big fat cathode cap on the front. See, this is what I love about this show. Because besides this show and the malcontents with Stevie Fryat, mm -hmm. no one else is talking this technical. <laughs> no. Well, you wanted the specifics, so there right. you go. No one, mean, no one goes that deep. Yeah. So. Um, Peter Urban, enjoying the show as always. Is it possible to customize the small box with a Buxom Betty clean instead of the high gain channel? Hmm. Mm. Is it possible? Uh... With a lot of work. <laughs> oh, really? It would be a lot of work? Yeah, it'd be a lot of work. Hmm. I, I'd way, really essentially, you'd be taking one channel out, but you'd, you'd be adding a complete other channel in and probably another tube. So, mm. by the way, I just wanted to say hi to Peter. Thanks for the super chat, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I could do it. I, I, yeah, I could do it. Mike Torrin, what's up, man? He says, I'm in on that class all about the fried egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 unfortunately, the, 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 the class price might need to be slightly higher. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think that much higher. That's, that's great. Javier Montoya, thanks for the super chat. Dave, thanks for all your email support and answering my dumb questions. <laughs> What amp in your line would you recommend to get a little bit of all your different amps offer, if not a lot? BE100 Deluxe? Yes. BE100 Deluxe will almost do everything, except the Dirty Shirley sound, or Twin mm. Sister sound. Well, actually, you can kind of do that, too. <laughs> if, you, if you set it a certain way, you're kind of getting that also. Hmm. Sort of. You'll have to give the scoop on that one day. Hmm. Fat switch, C45 switch. Oh, there you go. That would be getting you... Well, it would be... Yeah. It's it's slightly different because where the actual gain knob is is placed one stage later. So how it cleans up a little bit as you turn the gain down will react a little differently. So if I do that on my BE100 back there with the fat switch and the C45 switch, I'll get the same thing? Uh, yeah. And you could also use the gain structure switch to bring it down in gain a little bit also and probably right. simulate the placement of the volume knob a little bit too. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Jimmy Page, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Mark and Dave, thanks for the show as always. Appreciate it. You've never steered me wrong, Dave. So my question is, what's the meaning of life? Love you guys. Thanks. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think on, everyone's Dave. trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, here, let, let's just put it real simply. You know, you, you have all these hopes and dreams when you're a kid and then they get crushed when you get older and you realize that you just work to pay bills. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's crushing. <laughs> that, but that's, very true. Yeah, it is very true. <laughs> Unless you're uh, born a king or something. Generally speaking, I always say, best time in your life is when you're a kid. <laughs> It is the truth. There is no doubt about it. No worries, no bills, no, uh, you know, oh God. Yeah. Just endless bullshit. <laughs> uh, slap hand. Thanks for the super chat. I don't know if you had a question though. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Um, maybe, uh, BV can let me know if he had a question because I don't see it. Uh, Super Chicks. Hey, guys. I may be able to buy a stock 92 model Marshall Super Bass from 73. What sounds can I expect cranked, and is it close to an older Super Lead sound? Thanks. A 1992 model from 1973. Well, um... I mean, it can be it can be converted to be super lead. Um, it's going to be uh, basically more base spec, so it's going to be more like a G, uh, 100 watt JTM 45. Wait, is it a 100 watt 1992 model? If it's a 100 watt, sorry, I, I can never keep the model numbers straight, even though I'm a huge Marshall fan. <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of a 1992 I mean, model. I mean, so. Well, that was just the the base. The, I don't know where they came up with some of these numbers, like 2203, 2204, what, huh? Right. <laughs> so it's like like Ibanez, how they name their guitars. I, 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 yeah, I never quite understood. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fat, fatter like a, 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 a JTM 45, basically. So um, you're going to turn the bass off or down very low. And you're going to crank everything else up to 10. <laughs> and you'll get somewhat of a super leady sort of sound that way. Or he can. Or if you're, I mean, or it's great. Or if you're playing it cleaner, it's a great fat cleaner tone. that mm -hmm. would be great with a Strat or something, you know? Right, right. Or it depends can... on what you're, what you're shooting for with this amp. Right, or you can mod it. And yeah, do whatever you want. Or, yeah, or you can change it to super lead, which often, a lot of times over the years, most of those have been converted. Right. Uh, Alistair Laskin? Mark, did you get an SG Junior? Yes, I did. Uh, this hand right there. <laughs> it's always hard to figure out which way you're pointing. I know, like, I know. I, oh, no, wait. that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought for sure I had it, too, before I did it. Um yeah, that's an SG Junior. I I saw it in Sam Ash. This was about maybe a few months ago, and I was just there to buy strings. I love how that happens, and uh, just you know, because I never expect to see a lefty anything worthwhile in mm -hmm. Sam Ash or anywhere. And I looked up as I was checking out, and I go, "Oh shit!" I go, "Is that a Gibson SG Junior?" And she's yeah, I think like, you, "And then I think you sent me a picture." Right, I did. And I I'm like, buy it. Buy it. <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> right. And I was even able to talk him down a little bit more because there was some QC issue on the neck, like the finish. Finish blemish or something. Yeah. It was like you, like uh, bubbling. Yeah. Yeah. In the clear coat. Yeah. All up and down. 
the neck. I was like, how the fuck did they let that out like that? Like, yeah, yeah. but whatever. Hey, uh, get it cheaper. Yeah, I got it cheaper. Yeah, to me, it's fine. I mean, I thought about ha- bringing it to somebody and having them like wet sand it to get it mm-hmm. out. And then I was like, fuck it. I'll just leave it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's like chicken skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or orange peel. That's yeah. what it kind of feels like orange peel. Um, ever consider doing a full wattage PCB BE looking for the headroom, not SPL? Bad Cat offers hand wired and PCB versions of the same amps. Thanks, Enrico, for the super chat. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I, at this point, with how the BE is, I would love to offer that and not the hand wired. It's just easier to do with the complicated amps. You can actually place parts in a more appropriate spot for them. You can get parts closer to sources and and things. Uh, it's actually a superior way to build things in a lot of respects. Um, as long as you don't do it, do a cheap ass board. Uh, you know, I'm talking like thick, really thick, double sided, plated through great board i mean we do it with our run series and those are you know <laughs> i mean the the run series have the you know the least problems other than the bad filter cap batch we got but that really was out of our control um they really have the least problems of anything uh you know because with hand wired comes people and with people come mistakes mm. and come soldering mistakes or cold solder joint which aren't always catchable you know that show up later uh you know things things happen (laughs) you know it's less than perfect right where 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 if you do a pc board amp properly everything is exactly the same all the time nothing changes so but then the price has to change well Here's the thing. I mean, maybe I, I you know, it, on the scope of the labor is not the, the yes, it takes way longer to build a hand wired amp. Mm. So if it takes 12 hours to say build a hand wired amp, to build a PC board version, it's going to take four hours. Okay. But how much of a difference in price is that? Everything else is the same. Components are all the same. Right. So how much of a difference in price is that? Realistically, I mean, uh, you're you're looking at, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's see. So it, it, say, uh, six hours of labor we're talking? No. Eight hours of labor difference? Eight sure. hours of labor difference. So, I mean, $150? Yeah, that's nothing. So, so, so you know, like, okay, so, yeah, instead of 38 maybe it's a $3,500 amp. It's, it's not any, you got to look at it this way. It's not any cheaper, really. It's a little cheaper to make. Uh, you can turn out more of them. You can, you know which is a good thing, you know, less back orders. 
I don't know if that'll ever happen, but. But you've thought about I, it, though. I, I've thought about it totally. I mean, there's there's issues with um, pots, f- finding the, the full-size pots and, and their reliability is in question sometimes. Um, there's PC mount pots that are actually better. I'd like to do that, but, you know. But how do you change now? I'm not going to change now. Right, right. And you know, do you think... It has to be a different amp. And do you think the customers would accept it? Well, a, a Bogner Ecstasy, which is $4,000, is an all-PC board amp. A Bogner Uberschall is an all-PC board amp. All the Fryad amps are PC board amps. Mm. Uh, the Soldano SLO30 is all-PCB. And that's a $2,700 30-watt amp. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> I just know that there will pe- be people who will be upset about it and be like, of really? Course. Really? Of course. But, yeah. but that's my explanation. Yeah. No, it's, it's all the same. The only yeah. difference is the labor. So you shave. Okay, you, sh- you shave off, you know, like I said, if it's, you, sh- you know, shave off eight hours of manufacturing. Um, but that isn't that much money. No, a couple hundred make, bucks. Basically, not going to make a difference. Uh, Pentatonic Prancer. Hey, Mark and Dave. Dave, what power transformer can I use to replace on my Boss GE10 to bring it up to US spec? Also, would you consider making a modern version of one? Well, it's what it's a Japanese spec. I imagine. Bring it I mean, to US you can sort of. You can probably run that on 120 volts anyway. As long as you're not wall voltage and some crazy high thing. Um, I would have to look. I mean, there there is something you could probably do, but I'd have to look and check it out. So waiting for an alibi, I can tell you this. Uh, Dave, can you mod a run 20 to, to have a PT20 channel? Miss my taco, but love the versatility of the run. Uh, you can have your run 20 turned into a JJ Jr. That's what I, that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, to be honest, like the difference isn't that much. So basically it's, it's, it's a, a, a capacitor that I can add into... Um, the runt that will mimic the PT. It just, it's just the PT is a lot darker than the runt. Hmm. So I really just shave off all the top end and then it sounds exactly the same. Interesting. Or alternatively, he can turn the run 20 into a JJ junior. Sure. Could, or you could turn the run 20 into a, a, a dirty Shirley mini. Oh, really? Or you could turn, or it could be a hybrid between two different things. <laughs> Believe me, it could be anything, pretty much. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, all right. I'm getting to, no, I know there's more. Uh, there's some other questions that are not super chats. Oh, I know. We're going to get to those too. Definitely. Let me see. I'm just scrolling through here. I think this is... Okay, here we go. 
Dave, can you talk? This is from John DeShane. And John, I think I missed your last question on the last show. Um, and I posted it in the comments of the last show. Uh, and we answered it for you. I believe it was you. Uh, Dave, can you talk us through the C45 structure SAT switch on the back of the Deluxe? What are they? Where do they enter the circuit? What do they do to the circuit? And what are your recommended settings for heavy rock tone? This is the punishing part. <laughs> um okay c45 essentially what that does is uh, it's slightly smoother slightly more bass slice slightly more airy top end slight more gain it might in turn sound slightly more scooped um because of the bigger bass and top end uh the structure switch just essentially lowers the second gain stage, if you're, say, in the BE mode. And the saturation switch is a clipping circuit that adds kind of a slightly heavier kind of tonality to whatever channel you're on, whatever the dirty channels you're on. Uh, so that, sound, that sounds a little more heavy sounding. Um. I mean, that's that's essentially the run through on on that. I mean, you know, what are the uh, settings for heavy rock tone? I don't know. What's heavy rock tone? Please classify that more. I mean, um, I mean, if you mean like Van Halen or you mean like just heavy, like hard rock or do you mean like metal or do you mean Metallica or, you know, um, Funny thing, Metallic has been using uh, the BE Deluxe uh, on their new record. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. At least it's Kurt, not a camper. Kurt's been using it. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of the really heavy guys don't use that much gain. <laughs> it's loud and bright and cutting. But not necessarily highly gainy. Hmm. So, uh, especially if it's tuned down at all or anything like that, uh, it's it's kind of your gain is not your friend there. Hmm. It, you want it a little cleaner and punchy and loud and cutting and so you know heavier sounds in the BE. Well, I mean, well, first of all, you probably have to get your your frequency and um response switches in the right place uh and the place to start really is to the right with both of those um for a heavier thing but you could switch the the frequency switch to the left and then that um shifts the frequency of the um resonance circuit or the thump circuit to a lower frequency that's what we use in like the Cantrell and or the butter slack amps. Um, so you could do that. Also, you might like it brighter, maybe, depending on what you mean by heavy. So you could possibly put the response switch in the middle, depending on how loud you're playing. It might be too bright. Just, just, just sort of depends. Uh, I'd start with the BE channel and try to dial something in with that first before and then if you decide you need the more gain then go to the hb yeah for me i mean i tend to like like 
Van Halen style gain as the heaviest I'll usually go. Yeah. Like I, I rarely ever use the sat switch. Yeah. I don't um, use it myself. Yeah. Either. Unless I wanted to get really, really heavy. Yeah. You know? Um, but most of the time I don't use that. Uh, I usually don't use the C45 switch either. Um, that that one's kind of cool though. Yeah. But not necessarily for what the guy's asking for heavy. It's mm. better suited for if you're playing like more like uh gain backed off and more like ACDC sort of stuff. Well, that's cool to know. Yeah. I'll, tr- I'll try that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, next super chat. Calviopus. Thanks for the super chat. Dave, do you have a preference between linear and audio pots for a guitar volume? I have both in various guitars, but seem to prefer audio for my uses. Yeah. Audio. Cause it, 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 it's down audio is generally the standard for sure you don't want it coming on you, you don't otherwise what's going to happen is um it's going to be more even but it's going to seem like it goes to full full up really quick from zero uh for the audio it, it'll be a smoother from zero to ten won't come on as quickly. Mike Corsack, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Dave, got a twin sister a month ago. Best amp ever made. Changed my mind. <laughs> Why should I change your mind? <laughs> twin sister's an awesome amp, man. I, I love those memes. Changed my mind. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Mike Corsack again. Uh, Hey, Dave, any update on whether or not we will see a Vox-style amp you've mentioned? Thanks. You will. It's just going to be a while. Dave Blockman wants fried eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, Let's see. I know there's more. Oh, the next one is come up with a good logo for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Mike Torin. Dave, is there an amp model or amp owned by a musician that you haven't seen or worked on yet, but always want to? I I can pick one. <sighs> Jimmy Page. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I would love to do something for him. But uh, if is there an amp model though, or something hmm. that I'd like to work on that I haven't? I don't know, man. I think I've, I've I've sort of recently completely run the the gamut of people. <laughs> like you know, we had Steve Vai's Jose's. We had you know, I've worked well. The, you know, the king of the king was you know Eddie Van Halen's uh, you know number one amp that recorded all the records. Restoring that, I mean, I, I don't That's know. That's a dream. I don't know where you go from there. Yeah, John Sykes Jose. Um several John Sykes amps, uh, Warren D. Martini's amps recently. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, lots of people's amps. I, it's kind of like history things. Have you, you know, ever Alex Lyson? No. No. No, I haven't. I don't know if there's one thing that I, out of his thing that I would want to see or do. You know, I've seen most of this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Everything. I, I, Warren was kind of the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And 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 it, and it was an interesting. Uh, it was interesting. 
Yeah. The the amp that recorded the majority of the records, uh uh it was interesting. It wasn't what I expected. From Warren? Well, it wasn't the circuit wasn't what I expected. Are we talking and, Marshall or SLO? Yeah, Marshall. Okay. Interesting. But it but it but it makes a lot of sense now to me. Hmm. But I won't say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Abraxas one, thanks for the super chat. What's your take on chassis material affecting on tone? Aluminum versus steel. Ken Fisher liked aluminum for conductivity lighter and was non-magnetic. Cheers. Um, you know, yes, everything you said, correct. Um, difference in tone. I don't know. Uh, you know, I used to believe more in things like that, but I, I, I believe less in that now because I find that, you know, the, the slight difference that you might have in tone is you know, it, you can move move the knob on the amp a half a click, you know, and it fix it changes it to where it's the same. Amp switchers really give you that ability, right? Yeah, the blind test. Yeah, Ben Breard. Uh, Dave has said every amp is based on something that came before and that nailers are totally unique. What makes the circuit unique and are they inspired by anything that came before? Love the show. Well, I, I mean, a nailer is inspired. The, the signal path is kind of a modded Marshall per se. The power section and the negative feedback loop is really unique that I've never seen anywhere else. Uh, so, so that's that's what's kind of unique about it. Also, some of the parts choices were unique choices. There weren't typical Marshall values in certain things, but the the the, the whole makeup of the amp kind of makes it. The power section really is what makes it sound like it does. And uh, and it has to do with the the whole negative feedback loop. Hmm. By the way, we have four hundred and twenty people watching right now. I want to thank or four hundred twenty seven people now. Um, so I want to thank all you guys for whoever's watching the show. And please hit subscribe, um, mm -hmm. hit the bell, so you guys get notifications whenever we go live. It'll pop up on your phone, on your device, tell you that we're live. Also, check out Sweetwater, please. Check out the link that we have in our description below. Even if you're buying strings. Yeah, exactly. Once you click the link, it'll take you to the main homepage, and then you can just buy anything from Sweetwater and uh, even just anything. Um, Chandler Motorsports. What makes old Marshall Transformers iron more desirable than new iron? Uh, it's not necessarily more desirable. Um, it's that new iron can be made. That's, I mean, new transformers can be made that sound like the old transformers, like the transformers that we get from like Habor. I mean, I can AB to vintage transformer and it would be almost identical. Um, 
So, I mean, that's not really, I, I mean, cheap transformers don't sound the same. And the iron has changed over the years. We use actually a different iron than what the original transformers respect because it actually sounds a little bit more like the original iron. <laughs> so, so um, that's an interesting thing. Is there anything about age of transformers over time sounding different or better? Sure, better, worse. Um, hmm. I, I, I'm sure, but it's hard to really quantify that because yeah. you, you don't have. How can you have a new transformer made in 1960, say eight, right, and a used one to compare? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's just maybe it's more mythology than anything. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Steve L. Uh, hey, guys, Dave, do you believe spacing of components, grounding, and layout affects not only noise, but also tone and feel of an amp? Thanks. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, Yes. So, so like in a hand-wired amp, you can have all sorts of capacitance uh, from how the wires are run. Uh, there can be also crosstalk and bleed that all kind of plays a part in how the amp uh, sounds in the end. Um, but, um, I mean that. I mean that's the factors, really. You know, that's the the factors. You just have to know what you're sort of doing. Like if you do a PC board amp, you sort of have to know what you're doing, uh, as to not uh, cause issues, essentially. Okay. Vinny, what's up? How are you, dude? What's up, amigos? Dave. Is there any difference between using a master volume on lower settings versus cranking the master volume to 10 and using a power station from a tonal perspective? I think it depends sure. on what amp depends you're using. Depends on what amp. Yeah. Uh, sure, because at some point, uh, so at some point in time on the master volume, depending on what amp we're talking exactly, it starts distorting the power section of the amp. Be that good or bad. Like, for instance, on, like, a BE amp, the power section would start distorting it, like, maybe above above 6. Up until 6, not really. It's not doing anything, really. But there's, there's, all, but there's all sorts of factors involved, too, with that, too. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, if you're recording or something, how hard you're hitting the speakers also kind of plays into how the speaker sounds. Um, frankly, I don't like speakers pushed too hard because it, 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 it can, they can get tired sounding after a while and dark and mushy. So if they get too hot, too beat up. essentially the answer to your question is the master volume at some point will start distorting the power section. So if you take a JCM 800, let's say. A JCM 800 sounds like a different beast the minute you get that master where the power section is starting to distort. Um, then you might change where your gain setting is at, but but it's it's a whole different thing. But if you're talking about one of your amps, like a BE 100, 
I, I don't think there's a point in using a um, unless you want to crank like that. You know, if you have a small box and you want to crank the plexi channel on the small box to ten, mm. then it makes sense to have that. But I, I don't think it makes any sense to use a power station with one of my amps. Generally speaking, unless you're doing what I just said. Yep. Thanks, Vinny. By the way, he he wants more help with his wet dry wet setup. Okay, I'm just kidding. He, 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 I think he's asked that like seven times now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busting his chops. Uh, we we love you, Vinny. Um, more guitars. Thanks for the super chat. Awesome show as always, guys. Guys, Dave, you should depict on your website the BE mini head next to a shrunken Stonehenge monument, like from This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Such a fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> I, I thought the greatest thing in, in recent times is I think it posted on the social media of Billy Duffy using the BE Mini. Yeah, it's awesome. At a gig. And, and you look at the picture. When he sent me the picture, he had it circled <laughs> on the picture. And then that's the same picture I, I used, but I didn't use the circled one. And uh, I'm like, it looks so tiny on top of the cabinet. <laughs> if you didn't look at it, you, if you weren't looking for it, you'd miss it. He's like, this thing was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, when they come out with the uh, the Saldano Mini, if that ever comes out, but if if that comes out, could I get that in snakeskin? Oh, God. I have no idea. <laughs> I'd love to have a little Mini Warren Saldano. <laughs> you know? I think that would be cool. Um, that'd be funny. Uh, all right, John DeShane, thanks for the super chat. Uh, follow up heavy equals Allison Chain. Oh, okay, you're following up from your uh, question before. Allison Chain Tool Kings X Dogman, love your plexi settings, but want that big beef. I run hotter PAFs and use volume knob, knob like a boss. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think the BE channel, um, uh, the BE channel with the, the, um, BE channel with the response um, switch to the right, the frequency switch to the left, and maybe the saturation. So Cantrell, like for instance, the Cantrell sound. Well, first of all, Tool's not that distorted, really. Uh, so a BE channel would be perfect for that. The Allison Chain stuff is Jerry uses a BE channel and then a JBE channel, two different amps. So essentially, what I just told you that with the saturation on, with the 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 um, frequency switch to the left, would would essentially give you the JBE um, on when you're on the BE channel. And then he also uses one amp that is just the BE channel, and the gains button both of those are about six. So it's not super gainy. Right. But it does sound heavy. It sounds heavy. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. going to say. Um, thanks for the super chat, John. Uh, let's see. I, we got Warren Parker. Thanks for answering my question. Did I answer your question? I guess we did. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot that we 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 did. Okay, Warren. Um let me let me back up here because there's more. Uh, wow, getting lots of questions. 
Okay. I'm uh, sure we won't run out of questions. We'll run out of time before we'll we run, run out, out of time. Questions. Um, yeah. Uh, Vipas Patil, how are you? What's Dave's take on these super expensive guitar cables that cost 150 or more? Are they truly worth it? What's so no, special bull about crap. them? Bull crap. Not nothing. Not good at all. Don't even like them in the slightest. <laughs> Who's making $150 guitar cables? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, don't like them in the slightest. I mean, my f favorite cable, which you can't buy, uh, uh, you can't actually buy a guitar cable made with this. My favorite cable is an old Belden cable called a Belden 9778. And uh, I guess next to that, and they are, and you know what? If I made that cable, if I made a cable like with this wire, and use Neutric ends and a no-pop end on one end and then put, like, a nylon sheathing over it. I mean, to be honest, it would be an expensive cable. It would be a $100 cable. Hmm. Uh, just because you got to think, okay, the no-pop end is, like, $10, and then the other Neutric end is, like, $4, and then you have, let's say, 20 feet of cable, which the cost on that cable is, like, a dollar a foot, and that's the cost. Uh, so you start adding up and then you have to, there's dealers and margins and things and, and it winds up being a hundred dollar cable. Um, but no one's using that, that sheathing it. I mean, that cable. No, I mean the, the, the other cables that are cool, the Cornish P Cornish cables were cool cause they used a Belden 8412 cable. That was uh, a cool but uh, you know you're 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 okay with just a regular cable, you know. It's, I I tend to not like the really expensive high end cables because I find that the the high end is sort of brittle to me and bright, and the mid range is kind of scooped and I, I don't think it's very guitar friendly if you ask me. I mean a, a Mogami cable is is kind of middle of the road. It's decent. We've got a good friend who makes cables, uh, Signum. Yeah, those uh, are good. Yeah, from Benny, Signum mm -hmm. Cables. Check them out, S-I-G-N-U-M. Mm -hmm. And uh, check out his cables. He makes quality cables. Um, he's a friend of the show. So uh, send him some business. Uh, Leon Barron. Thanks for the super chat. Fantastic info, Dave. Do you have much experience with common amps? Love my K60. Uh, comments are great. Got great, like, train wreck style build. This is a good question from here. You ever get the urge to play in a band, Dave? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I used to, but at this point, no. It's always just a pain in the ass, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, I just got back together with some guys and we were just learning a bunch of songs and had like our third practice and then the bass player's moving. Now it's like back to square one again. You know, like, now what? And my drummer's texting me, what are we going to do now? I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to find a bass player somewhere. And if anybody knows a bass player in South Florida, hit me up. Let me know who wants to just get together and jam. I still want to get together and play in a band, but not play out. I'm done with that. Those days are done. Um, lugging my gear home at one in the morning. Oh, Can't God. 
can't yeah can't fucking do that anymore but just getting together with some guys and having some beers and playing some music it's fun um pity thanks for the super chat hey guys i love tone talk as well as the awesome tone my freeman cali through my be 50 deluxe do i need a small box as well you got the BE50 Deluxe. Uh, so the only you thing you're missing is the Plexi channel, so to speak. I was speak. about to say, yeah, Plexi channel. So I don't know. Yes, you need it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, go to Sweetwater. <laughs> yes, use the link. Use the link. I don't uh, even know if they have any. They probably don't. Um, probably don't. <laughs> this is a good question. Dave, what's it like moving from Michigan at 18 to California and trying real Mexican food for the first time ever? Was that a, a eye-opening experience? Hmm. I, I I don't really remember, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I mean, I remember having Mexican food in Michigan, but it, yeah, and that definitely wasn't the same. But um, maybe I had enough of it in Michigan to kind of just not be alarmed <laughs> by it. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, you know, that's like ten million years ago. Yeah, I um, I've been on this hot sauce kick lately, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I mean, I've been getting wings, you know, with hot sauce. Uh, like just even barbecue wings, just getting mm-hmm. some hot sauce. And I just bought from the Van Halen store, Michael Anthony's hot sauce. Oh yeah. Really I haven't good. had that. Is that good? Yeah. I bought like a four pack. I forgot. I totally forgot. I ordered it too. And it came today. I thought it was a pedal that was in my box. I'm like, why is it so heavy? And then I opened it up. It was these, the, the hot sauces. I had it right. with a couple, a couple slices of pizza. It was good. It was really good. Uh, another good one is, um, um, Dexter Holland from Offspring uh, makes uh, some uh, hot sauce also. Oh, yeah? And uh, he's got several kinds, like a green and a regular one and then a super hot one. But the super hot one isn't super hot. It's, I would call it kind of normal. Yeah. I mean, I had the extra hot. Right. I went went right to the extra hot to see how it was. And it was hot, but it wasn't wasn't crazy. uh, I, I got to just unlock the door here for a second. Hang on sure. one second. Sorry. Yeah. I'm the only one on the show, but other than you. No, that's cool. Um, so I believe this question I, I can answer, but Dave, I loved your Van Halen video with Pete Thorne. Did Van Halen use JBL spe- speakers in any other albums besides VH1? I don't think he did. Um I, I'd be surprised if I, it doesn't sound like it to me. But Dave, do you think uh, Van Halen used JBL speakers in any other album? Van Halen one, but besides VH one, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I was gonna say it didn't sound like it. Yeah. Why do you think he switched? Why do you think it's just too bright? He didn't like the first record sound. Uh, too bright. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Don Martin, thanks for the super chat. Hi, fellas. Hope all is well. Question, if money is no longer an issue, am I better upgrading my PCB Bogner Alchemist OEM iron to Mercury Magnetics or just getting a 35-watt ecstasy? Just buy the 35-watt ecstasy. Don't upgrade the Alchemist. And surely not. No. Mm. (laughs) I know where you're going there. (laughs) 
uh, caught yourself. Um, holdover, thanks for the super chat. V1A250U bypass cap with 2.2N coupling cap. Oh, you see, this is uh, versus 680N bypass cap. And uh, you, you read this. How would you describe the differences in feel and tone, Dave, between all these different caps? Oh, God. <laughs> um well i wouldn't i wouldn't ever do the 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 680n with the 22n um that's lead spec would would be the 680n with the 2.2n um which is is the typical marshall lead spec but you also change the resistor on the on the uh, v1 well you don't have to you can use the a20 that's there um basically the the 680 end with the 22 n is just the 22 n makes it slightly fatter but it's still leaned out in the base a little bit with the 68 n it's got kind of more of a mid-range bump instead of a full range bump using the fat cap it's more of a full range bump and then you're just you're just uh, high pass filtering or you know you know shunting some of the base out i i hope that did it feel and tone uh, you know it's that's hard to describe you know the lean the leaner it gets the more cutting and brighter it might seem so yeah glad you didn't ask me that (laughs) (laughs) uh chandler motorsports thanks for the super chat have you ever have you had a chance to see um a sugar amp if so, similar amps rumored to be a 50 watt Jose Plexi with Jubilee style plate driven extra gain stage. Uh, uh-uh. it was just a, a Jose Plexi with uh, just um, clipping diodes, pre pre EQ master. Uh, you know, a few components changed in there. Uh, that that just slightly tweak the tone a bit somebody recently sent me a link to um i think i talked to you about this before this brand headband out of australia oh yeah the one that that keeps making like pc board clones and crap and yeah yeah (coughs) i was like holy crap they're like they're going deep now wizards and all sorts of stuff yeah i mean how are they getting their hands on like your head first Head first, that's right, right, head first. Uh, what did I say? They're doing their own PC board designs and stuff, so. But they have, they, they actually claim that they have a Friedman effects loop? It's a clone. A clone, but it says yeah. your name. It says your name on it. Well. Just, just so you know, I, I was looking at well, the Well, there's, there's, there's a fine line, depending on how that's used. If, if they use the logo and the name, it's claiming that it's... The logo wasn't If there. they claim it's a Friedman circuit, that's one thing. Hmm. If they claim if they're actually using the name and selling it as a Friedman, that's a different thing. Then it's a trademark infringement. Gotcha. Yeah, it's... it's a bit yeah, don't bu- buy from them. I was going to say, that's a bunch it's of bullshit. ridiculous. It is. I mean, even the logo and font is exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, I know. It's, That's fucking, r- it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's like, come on, guys. Has some originality. Um, 
let me see i'm just scrolling through here because my super chat uh, okay yep andrew paul hey guys Last mark i'm a long of chat hold on okay go ahead sorry no problem mark i'm a long-suffering lefty player like you where have you had luck finding a good selection of lefty instruments dave do you offer lefty models great show as always uh dave does have a lefty cali you can get a lefty cali because uh, i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to do this with my right hand right now right here right there <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a lefty cali so you i know you can do that i don't know if you can do any others um other lefty places that i i've bought from recently uh it's a place called extreme lefty guitars out of uh palm beach or south south florida area check him out extreme lefty guitars he's got a lot of stuff that you don't typically sell or don't typically see like different limited runs and stuff like that and then there's also southpaw guitars out of texas but i'm not really a big fan of them um they're pri they always jack up their prices for being a lefty and that pisses me off just charge the same price like everybody else does um so i wouldn't recommend them but i know that they're another lefty place and there's another place in boston that deals with just lefty players but i can't remember their name right now if i do i'll post it in the the comments um but that's that's where i've gotten a lot of my lefty guitars and then of course reverb and a few of them i had made um i mean like the, the van halen ones i've got just made made them myself what about dave any other lefty models that you make uh i think we made some uh vintage tees mm, that's right i played a vintage tee also at nam uh the tattoo artist bought yeah. that. yeah uh okay so tn said is there any way to parallel fuzz recording recording without it affecting the clean the clean other signal why would you want to do that i just i i mean yes you could you could do some sort of mixer to do it maybe but i don't here, here here's here's an approach uh do a track with fuzz and then a track that's clean and blend them <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, you. I mean, maybe some sort of blender pedal, maybe like the um, one that um, Exotic makes or something. You might be able to blend. It's generally not done, though. I think that's the question you were talking about, Tian. Hmm. Uh, pretty sure, unless there was another one I'm looking. Here's the website for uh, Signum Music. If you guys want to check out his cables, um, John DeShane might as well get the master's take on this as well. Fair warning, 1980, 1984 tone with the deluxe. BE channel. I mean, just BE channel, all switches off, voice switch center. Um, the, uh, the, um, frequency and um response to the right and then you just gotta eq it so i mean probably like six on the treble six on the mid uh try six on the bass or at least start there gain on 10 uh presence at four or five or maybe even six 
uh, depending on the cabinet and stuff. There's some, you know, uh, the thump, not super hot on the thump, but, you know, four, maybe, depending how loud you're playing. I'm surprised you said gain gain on 10. Yeah, B, B channel gain on 10. I mean, 84 is maybe a little cleaner, so back it off a little. Okay. BE, not HB. And, right, those, no, no, and none of the switches on the back on at all, all, all down. Gotcha. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, a B, B channel with the gain on 10 is uh, like a plexi with everything on 10. Good to know. Because I have mine on like at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. No, three o'clock. I mean, Sorry. yeah, three o'clock. Um, George Pelagodusis, or if I said that, I butchered that. I'm, I know I did. Thanks for the show, guys. Dave, have you ever prototyped any of the Friedman four by twelves in an oversized spec like a nineteen sixty TV or a Mesa OS? No, but those are cool cabs. It'd be fun to do, but I haven't. You did a two by twelve oversized two by twelve though, right? We did a, a, a upright two by twelve, a vertical two by twelve. But it's still the same. Yeah. So I, it's not a larger. No. Yeah. No. It's it's larger kind of yes, but. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'd say we got like another half hour, unless you have to go sooner, Dave. Uh no, I probably got to go actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was this the question from TN? Well, I mean, he said late, further up. I think I answered his question because I don't see anything else. Okay. Um, Tone Talk, any chance to have some lefties in the guitar range? I'm not sure what you mean. I don't know. Um, if you can clarify that, I'd, I'd like to answer it. Um, let's see what else we got. There's a bunch. There's a bunch more, and then let me get to. The rest someone of the said, "How about Saria Tone, Dave?" Yeah, but they're not necessarily using my name. I know they've cloned amps and stuff, but unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Uh, waiting on for an alibi. Thanks for the super chat. Can you talk about the Hot Mod V2? Do you recommend for a runt? No. Maybe you no. can. You can. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you can. Okay, I mean, the the hot mod is cool. Definitely sounds good. Yeah, Um, I mean, but uh, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't put it. But I mean, I I don't know why. I mean, the the gain, I mean, there's already a lot of gain, so I'm not sure. I mean, there's a video that someone put it in a Runt 50 somewhere out there. I saw. Hmm. I actually didn't watch the video, but I saw that he did it. (laughs) I mean, in a, in, you know, a 2203 amp or, you know, an 800 style amp or i mean yeah. it's it's a cool product it, it yeah. it's, it's great in a 2203 i mean like the p thorn video that was my 2203 sounded uh, great by the way that 2203 is for sale oh really uh so if someone wants the the same one that was used in pete's video for that that box i i have it and it's for sale what are you selling it for uh i have to check what market rate is <laughs> Let me know. Maybe I'll grab it before anybody else. Yeah. Okay. That's a possibility. Um, Dave, do you have any rec- a recommendation for a Transformer OT and PT replacement for a Sobtech MiG-60? Have a 
Mercury Magnetics OT replacement in one and not impressed. No, I I don't always love. I'm I'm not saying that all Mercury Transformers are bad, but I don't always love them. Uh, I mean that's essentially a Marshall. Those things or one version of a Marshall. So I would think that you could. I don't. Well, I wouldn't think you would need to change the um, power transformer. But uh, but the output transformer, you could put a, a Marshall uh, style output transformer from Haybor in it. Hmm. Uh, Solar Warden, I'm going to open a Ned Flanders inspired lefty only guitar store, and he's going to call <laughs> it the Leftorium Emporium. <laughs> I like that actually. <laughs> That's cool. That's funny. The Leftorium Emporium. Very funny. Uh, by the way, the MiG-60 has been modded. I can email a notated schematic if that would help. Thanks for all your help. Oh, I don't, I don't know if it would matter for the Transformers. He's, uh, TN says, yes, that's the question. Thanks for the reply. I think Muse paralyzes, parallels fuzz quite a bit in the studio. Uh, have tried a DI pedal and radial splitter to no avail. Well, you would need something, a mixer. So, like, uh, so there is, a um... Exotic makes one. That's a blender. And you can blend like whatever in with a, a dry signal. So I would recommend that one. Demetrius Patin, Patton, uh, thanks for the super chat. I don't see your question. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, I love the show. What does changing the negative feedback from the 8 ohm to 4 ohm tap do to tone? Brighter and tighter. Or, or mostly brighter to go to the forum from the eight. Okay, I think I've gotten all the super chats because I know you have to run. Let me make sure I don't want to miss anybody. So, oh, someone, someone asked uh, Stocko. I can't read. I would need to put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> uh he was asking the best uh amp for the uh dirt tone and yeah the jj amp will totally do that stuff okay all right uh let's see dave what is it about that train wreck pete had that makes it do what it does uh it's just the the, the train wreck circuit that it's really great. Yeah, it sounded that, and you can find one too for a lot of money, <laughs> or you can get like a Doctor Z. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how that'd be interesting if we could one day compare. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. a comparison of like his <laughs> his train wreck, his Z wreck, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know uh, if that's a Liverpool though. Is it? Is it El eighty fours? I don't know. If not, I'm sure he could make one. I'm sure. Yeah, he makes great stuff. Yep. So I know there's a bunch of regular questions that we didn't get to, guys. So, so sorry. Um, but we'll do we'll, more. We'll do more. We'll be back. Uh, the next show, we've got a uh, – am I allowed to say who the next person is? Um. Yeah, assuming that date works for sure, but I we're pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dean DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots will be visiting us uh, August 21st. Yep. 
So can't uh, wait for that. Date possibly could change, but I think that's okay. Yeah. But it's com- it's coming. Yeah. So that's that's uh what that's the next one. So we will keep you posted. STP. Love STP. I really do love STP. That's I, great I mean, band. always yeah. been a great band. I mean, I've been I've, a big I've worked with them since before the first record came out. So uh we we go way Dean and I go way, way back. That's awesome. I was just a kid. So was he. <laughs> that's killer. Yeah, because I mean, I I remember when I got the core album when it first came out, and I was yep. like, "Oh, this this band's killer." Yep, totally different. So uh, awesome, guys! Check out our Sweetwater affiliate link, please. Um, thanks for posting that, BV. Uh, we've got the link below, and check out Sweetwater. Please hit subscribe, and everybody have a great weekend. Awesome, Talk to you guys later. See Take ya. Care.